Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Flamingo Sundays podcast in the HQ of, uh, of Real Base down welcome. here in the Northern Beaches. Very unique spot for an office, mate. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Frank Grief, the CEO, <clears throat> the founder of not Real Base, but, but a company that was acquired by the Real Base mothership. Yes, so, so the, the story there is, um, so I founded Real Hub, and then we merged with Campaign Track to create Real Base, the, the umbrella company of both of them. And they must have liked your name, because they just thought we'll keep the real part. And we'll just... <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, it builds a bit of brand equity. Mate, pretty pretty extraordinary journey that you've you've been on, and um, mate, just, just bought your family home. I did, I did, yes. That's how we so. come about, the yeah. property <laughs> chat. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mate, it was a pretty big acquisition, especially in the real estate sector. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a quite a significant amount of money, which we'll get to, but it wasn't wasn't always dandy and happy and rainbows and no. lots of cash and lots of people in an office. I'm sure it didn't no, start that way. Absolutely not. Before we dive back into the story, just give us an understanding of what Real Hub was and now what, yep. what Real Base does, and then we'll, we'll dive through the journey. Yeah, no drama. So, so Real Hub, um, I guess Real Base, we'll talk about it for now, is Real Base is a real estate company that yep. focuses on real estate agents. The easiest way to articulate it is it's a it's a marketplace which services both real estate agents and real estate suppliers. So every time a real estate agent is looking to either sell a property, so either market a property or market themselves, we sit in the middle between those two, you know, as a conduit between the agents and the suppliers. Right. So an agent would come to you, for an example, and say, Frank, I want to do a beautiful video, or I need to get a signboard put up, or I need some DL cards. Yep. And you would sort out the logistics of that and actually make it happen. Correct but all done through the software. So our, 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 as a business, you know, we're across Australia and New Zealand. And so everything we do is trying to be you know, as scalable as possible. So of course, we'll have a team that you know, onboards them onto the platform, but everything's self-service. So, so that's yeah. essentially like a SaaS application. It, exactly yeah. right. So that's our, our main business is all around the software as a product and, and selling that um, to help agents you know, scale their business easily. Right. And, and what was the journey from you know, the, the founding moments to, to where we are right now? Like what year, how many years was that? Uh, depends. How much time you got there? <laughs> so, so, so it all it all started um, roughly nine or ten years ago. Okay. So I um, my, I was a chef. So I was a chef uh, ten years ago at, at Bathers Pavilion. Um, uh, I was working sixty hours a week. Uh, you Loves know, a bit of salt and, salt and pepper calamari. Absolutely, <laughs> mate. I can cook you the best steak you can imagine. Feel I was on the fish section, so I was scaling fish for like four or five hours a day, just like scales all over me. You can imagine I was very attractive to all the girls. And, <laughs> and so and so that was what I was doing. I'd just finished my apprenticeship uh, three years in, and I was kind of like at that place where, you know, working Christmas, working Easter, all of that. And I was like, probably not for me, right? And at the same time, my brothers, so my two brothers who we founded the business together, so Ken and Jacques, they were both in the real estate sector. So Ken was a real estate photographer mm -hmm. and Jacques was a real estate floor planner. And so one day Ken came to me and, and, um, and we lived together and he said, you know, there's an opportunity to move to Melbourne um, and we can go and install real estate signboards through a franchise in Melbourne. And, and you thought, no scales, no fish? Like, bingo, let's yeah, let's li go. literally, I remember so clearly, I'm in the kitchen, right, and I'm going, and at that time, like, you know, being on apprentice wage, working, that, I was pretty much pulling in about 400 bucks a week for the 60 hours, and then we started calculating, you know, real estate signboard is 200 bucks, and I was like, okay, we can do 10 boards a day, five days a week, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is it, you know, like, you know, it's really easy to do the back of envelope math, and you're like, oh, mate, I'm gonna, We're be, on. Yeah, I'm gonna be rolling around in the rolls in like six months time, and and so, and then we were like, done. And obviously it's all easy to think about. So within literally a few weeks, we, we packed up, uh, we bought a ute, we moved our lives, which wasn't much. We moved to, uh, we moved to Melbourne and we, and we started this signboard company in a three bedroom little house in, in Croydon and Melbourne. Uh, now, for people who don't know Croydon, it's like 40 minutes outside of Melbourne. So you're not delicious coffees and all the nice, exciting life. It's like, Nothing, nothing, nothing doing. And so literally, you know, morning we would go and install signs. In the middle of the day, we'd be printing them. And at nighttime, we'd be, you know, doing templates and things to help the next day. And so that was kind of our, our lives for about a year. That was the bizzo. That was, that was it. That so was how, it. Do you, how do you just set up a signboard company? I'm sure you just didn't have a you know, printer just sitting around or a... No, no. <laughs> or much design experience? Zero, zero. So, so the, the beauty there is, of course, there's companies that you know, help with everything. And yeah. so we, we just had a, um, you know, we just did a bit of research and found a company that did the wide format printer and a company that did the, you know, the brochure printer. And it, I mean, it didn't, didn't take too much. And yeah. 
yeah. like I'd um, at the time I was actually funnily enough on the side gig was I was a DJ so I was like okay I'm gonna got to get all my capital together to start this thing so I sold my decks for three grand uh, were and, they pioneers yeah, <laughs> oh yeah that's the top of the line the of pioneers are gone <laughs> of course and then that was the, that was literally and we obviously everything was kind of like off on lease terms and yeah. that was that was what we needed to get started and so that was all you know from from the house so you know there's a there's a photo my favorite photo is like of our living room and we have the the printer through the middle we've got two bean bags which would set up as our couch and then we were looking at a tv but it's actually just a computer screen and there's just like guillotines and just paper everywhere like just absolute and how many signboards did you do within your first six months did the rolls come not the, not, not the 10 a day and not so absolutely not so we did we did look we did it right by yep. the end we probably got to maybe like 20 signs a week wow. so certainly that not that bad didn't not not bad but we had like four you know four really loyal customers yeah um but we got to a point about the end of the year it was like you can imagine right it was just like there's nothing but just me and my brother and you know like siblings fighting like this, yeah. you know it's tense it's tense so we got to that year and we're like okay cool we're gonna sell this and come back to sydney and, and start it all over again with our middle brother jacques not bad though you went from 400 bucks a week what'd you say for 20 signs uh, yeah about 20 signs, 20 signs yeah, at yeah. 200 bucks a yeah, pot yeah, eight, yeah. eight grand yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 extra income <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's right and then you, you exited out of that business yep so we sold we sold that we came to sydney and, and we did it all over again right and then um now obviously if i keep talking at this pace we'll be here for a year but then over the next four years we kind of kept organically growing you know getting more more and more customers but we got to a point about six years ago where because we were still within this franchise mm-hmm. uh where we realized our ambitions where we wanted to go like you got to kind of understand like we were a little bit like tweaked like we were installing one sign and got three for the day and I'm like I've already can see the vision of when we're like we've we've made it right so like we were like it's not going to work in this framework for us yeah and so we made this decision okay we're going to need to start our own brand right but so you're working inside of another brand so we were working inside another brand so it's your own business as a franchise you're giving x number of percent and that's all fine but it was just kind of like the 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 software and all of that just didn't align with what we wanted and like even the brand identity just wasn't who we were yeah and so then we'd made it had to make a decision which was we got to sell this bad boy not sell it we got to change the brand but to contextualize like i guess the 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 weight of the decision was our parents also were in this franchise right but completely separate, separate to us yeah, right okay. so they had their own agreement and nothing to do with us but they had their own franchise and so we had to, we got out the whiteboard and we went okay what's the worst case scenario if we sell this business uh, no if we sell if we if we um, change the brand and it was like if we do that maybe our parents might lose their business and so at that time our parents are looking to sell and they're roughly at a figure of about a million dollars and so we kind of looked each other in the eyes, the brothers, and we said, okay, if that happens, we back ourselves 100%, we're gonna pay back our parents, we're gonna pay that million dollars as a debt if that, you know, if that worst case scenario happens, right? And then we, we launched the brand, which is Real Hub, which everybody would know now. And so for the first three, four months, like, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd now built our own software, we created our own brand, you know, we've got awesome design, everything's looking great. And, like, and this is doing the same stuff. Same, right? same yeah. stuff, but just within our own, you know, our own framework, we have full control. And mm-hmm. really it came down to the software that we created, which then was going to be able to expand and scale. And... And that was like literally like floating on cloud nine, right? Like we thought we'd like, this is it. Parents still got the business, it's all going good. And I remember so clearly it was 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I was sleeping, I get a phone call from my brother and you know, it was like a family phone call, 5 a.m. Saturday, I was like, He's had a massive night. <laughs> yeah, that or something terrible is happening, happening. And I pick up the phone and he just says to me, mum and dad have lost their business. You've got to come to the office right now and we've got to figure out how to get out of this. And so that literally hit us like a ton of bricks, right? Like, so like now, like this huge sense of guilt that what we've done has literally ruined our parents' livelihood. And they've been working on this business for and about And what was the years. reason for the business? Like, did because they not like Because of our, the- by association. Right. So the fr- head franchise or by association decided, okay, there must be a connection here. I'm cutting off your franchise agreement. And when you've got a franchise, that's it. Like if your agreement's gone, your business is gone, right? Mm. And they were one day away from selling for a million dollars. And so their entire livelihoods got destroyed. And so we were like, shit, you know, like we've got we've to make this back. And then over the next three months, we also were kind of actively targeted. You know, we had to do a settlement. We lost about 30% of our business. And so we were in this for the first time in about four years, we're in rapid decline of our business. And that was just like, 
it was just crazy, you know what I mean? Like the feeling was just the worst feeling ever. And so that was probably like, I would, if I look back, that's like the lowest point in, in our business and our like in lives. Cause you can imagine it's the entire family unit, like literally all our eggs now are in this basket. Yeah. And then, but we were essentially, you know, the big lesson for me there is like, we were backed into a corner and we had zero choice but to succeed, right? Like there was no other option. Failure wasn't an option. And ultimately, you know, I often think about that moment, although at the time was the worst thing that could have mm. happened. That moment was probably the reason for the success we had because we were just, we were nothing but focused. So I, I had a, a, a property, um, an apartment, and as did my other brother. We both sold our apartments. We moved into a two bedroom apartment with our two partners. We dropped our salaries back to $400 a week and we just invested everything from energy, time and money into this business to get us out of this hole. So you, uh, so the, the million dollars never come through from the, the yep. sale of the business. Yep. So yep. that would have probably been a strategic move from the franchisor as yep. a bit of spite as yep. well. Exactly, on and the day of the contracts exchanging. So it was like timed to be a, you know, an FU that this is happening on that week because they knew that they were selling that day. So they did it on the morning of. So you, you, your parents probably woke up in excitement, like yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> and then because of that, you know, like you said at the time, most people and and, and Tom Panos talks about this. You know, the, the best gifts the best gifts in life come yep. badly wrapped. Yes, and and that would have been one of those moments. Hundred percent. So what was like? Let's just talk about that moment. What yep. was like the the discussion around like what the fuck do we do? Like a million dollars at that point in time, it's, significant yeah, amount. Oh, of money, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the discussion was it was, and I remember it so clearly. We're in the apartment. Like I was, you know, like looking in my mum's eyes. She's got a tear rolling down her face, but she doesn't want to make us feel guilty. Mm. But obviously, they've lost everything, and then like you know, I'm an emotional creature. Tears, the whole, literally, the whole family is like crushed. Yeah. And so all we did was just it was like what I would consider, you know, going into planning for war because we were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta go and just go all in. And so then from there was, we were like, hey, we just need to sell. You know, we need to sell as as much as possible. And and we we believed in what we did. And so it was just literally like, okay, the numbers of what do we need to do to get to that point where we can pay them back that debt? And that was really the, the focus in our minds. And then the building started happening. And then the building started happening. So I, I, I at that time, so my, my eldest brother, Ken, uh, super genius, like a you know, software engineer. He built Real Hub from the ground up in those days. Jacques, incredibly smart. Like both of them are like savants. And then for me, brains like you know i can have a conversation but like the brains part i'm like well well over my head so i was like okay cool i can talk so i they were like well you gotta sell you know like you you can have a conversation with a person that's it you yeah. you're, you're the salesperson and so i i went and i um you know we chatted about this offline i i you know it was a big like audio book and 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 like you know consumer of content and i i don't know if you know the guy but i i bought a sales program from a guy called grant cordone and love the g and it was fifteen hundred bucks and at that so time, you went all out. You didn't went, go the twenty dollar yeah, rebook. No, I'm fifteen hundred dollars. Bought the bought the because I'd read his ten x book, and then I, I got this the Grant Cardone University, and I was I would sit in my lounge room in the morning before work, and I would practice you know scripts and dialogues. Wait and a stuff. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Literally, and like obviously not everything he says I agree with, but like it got me in that that mindset, and then that for me I was just you know it was just cold calls. It was just you know pestering you know pestering the nicest way possible agents and stuff like that to to get business and you know as that started to snowball you know rumors started to you know spread around and at the time we were you know in competition with um you know campaign track and our yeah. great friends and the rumors started to spill that like you know when frank gets there he you know there was a story that went around it was complete bullshit but i love the story anyway it was like you know he sat on my couch and he said i'm not leaving until i get your business Never happened. Never happened. I Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I love this story. Great story. So, and that, that was the story. It was just like, I was like, I wouldn't stop until, until it would happen. And that's, you know, that's, we just started to really started from there, build momentum over the next year or two. And that's where we started to get, you know, big national brands like Bell Property on board. And we started to finally, you know, dig ourselves out of that hole and, and build a name for ourselves. So you had the you had the chip from, you know, these people trying to, oh, yeah. to crush you. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's so fucking true. I remember when I got sacked from my last, you know, employer that I was working under. And the day that it happened, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill these people. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah. You're just so enraged. Yes. And then, you know, a few days later, you start to come to your senses. And then it's like the biggest motivation yes. there is. And I think you 
when things are going really, really well, it's hard to get motivated, yeah. right? You're like cash in the bank, yeah. you know, whatever, things are good, life's yeah. going really smooth. And then as soon as something changes, yeah. it's a, a, the nine times out of 10, the kick in the guts that people need. And it, that's when you, I think you see the, I can't remember the statistic, but it's about the top companies in the world. You know, once yeah. they reach that pinnacle, then they are not there for a very long time yes. because of the decline of yeah. getting complacent, right? Hunger. So two things I want to chat about. One, you, you said you built software to begin yep. with. So yep. obviously the software come from the brains of your brother. Yes. So was that the, the gap you saw in the marketplace when you were with this other firm? It was like, well, these guys are doing it like this. Yeah. We think we can do it like this. I know how to build the software. Let's go and do it. Exactly. So that was the big thing for us. Is, and we were really trying to serve the purpose of our business, our business being signboards and brochures. We were like, how do we create the most efficient thing that we don't have to do as many phone calls to get a brochure through to the printer, right? Right. So that was... We, we knew all the problems, we knew what we needed to solve, and I guess that was the beauty is we'd built five years of knowledge in terms of what our problems were. Mm. So all we were trying to do is more so than the agents is trying to solve for our own problems in our business. But through that, we then had built something that we realized very quickly was far greater than us to just do signs and brochures. And did you realize that at the start that you were going from a, essentially a service-based businesses to a tech company? No, but I'll back my brother, Ken. He was, he was like, tech, tech, tech. And, and, and I was like, no, 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 like, you know, money's money, it's all the same. You know, I just want to install the most amount of signboards, you know? That was but, before you knew multiples on revenue, yeah, right? Yeah, ex <laughs> exactly. <laughs> before I knew that. So that was, you know, but once it went out there and people started to see it, and then the, the, the penny dropped and we went, okay, cool. This is where we're going to focus. Yeah. And this is where, because in the end of the day, what we realized is, you know, when you're working in a commodity and, and a service is like, you can only kind of, it's, it's hard to create a moat around Dude, business. Dude, fucking tell me about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> that is my thing every day. I'm like, how do I stop essentially still selling my yeah, time yeah, for money? Yeah. <laughs> so like, and that's where obviously brand is, is everything, yeah. right? Like, and I know you talk about this, is brand is everything. The Ga Gary Vaynerchuk thing is like going into it's gotta be all about brand. But then we knew when it came to the software that our moat could be that software. And mm -hmm. that through the skills of, of, the, of my brother is, we were literally five years plus in front of the competition. So when we walked in, people were like, oh, okay, this is a no-brainer. So you had that competitive advantage from the get-go. Exactly right. And then the, the other thing I wanted to talk about, so that was the, the, the software side of it. With the sales side of yep. like, you know, you going out there selling, yep. I think it's very hard for people to see as well, right? Like when you know, we talk about the numbers and people would have read the story like, fuck, but I don't think people would have then looked back at you like fucking walking into someone's lounge room, yep. you know, yep. walking into someone's office. And at yep. that point in time, you're inferior yep. to the yep. person that you're sitting with, right? Because you're begging for their business yes. where a lot of the conversations you go into now, you're the superior and someone else is the inferior if you, if you look at it like that. I wouldn't, in, say, in I wouldn't a, say that's in a sales In a sales <laughs> yeah, yeah, sense, yeah, sure, right? Yeah, like yeah. most people, when you're, you're getting sold, Old too, yeah. Then, then yeah, you know, I get you. Yeah, Grand Cardo. Yeah. It's all about the frame. <laughs> um, so, what was it like? Like, obviously, you learned the training. Like, how, how did you one prospect for business, yep. um, and then two, like, what, what was the sales process like? Yeah, this is a selfish desire for me. Yeah, to no, no, well. I, I love it. I love it because it's it, it's good because it takes me back, and I, I do like reminiscing. I remember my first time ever going to sell to a client. It was a client that did probably, I think, 12 listings a year. Mm -hmm. And I was handing and out- the client the was a real estate agent. A client was yep. a real estate agent, all, all clients were real estate agents. And I was handing out my sales pack and I'm going like this and I'm sitting there and like, it's like such a small little real estate shop. Her, like, her granddad was there to come and have a cup of tea and I'm still so nervous, right? Yep. But then it was just, it was just the repetition and it was the, and it was the practice outside. And for me, my biggest thing was, I'm going to spend so much time knowing about your business, as in the client I'm gonna go talk about, that when I'm talking to them, that I'm already gonna create that uh, level of, you know, like, wow, do you know what I mean? So for example, I would, you know, I'd be on rate my agent, I'd be learning about the number of sales they're doing, I'd be looking at the properties that they're doing. I, if they do if they do any content or anything like that, I'm trying to get to understand their business, mm -hmm. understand their agents, I'd go to their open homes and see how they conduct the open homes and I'd learn about their business so that when I was pitching our business, it was never the same. It was always in the frame of like, I know what's gonna work for you. And that it was, was probably, tailored. It yeah. was tailored a hundred percent. And so that was the biggest thing for me is like, I was a little bit of a freak. I had created a collage with my terrible design skills of all the rest that agents buy their logos on my computer. I printed it out and I had it in my bedroom. Sounds very weird, but that would Next be- Next to Pamela Anderson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be me every single day looking at them. And so I knew their businesses intimately so that when we had those conversations, it's kind of like a, I guess a, a blessed position because our market is niche. It's mm. real estate and real estate 
is quite you know an open book in terms of you can know a real estate business through their through their social through their what they do and their opens and all that so that i could learn not like a consumer where there's kind of there's a whole much bigger pool i could really learn and so i would use, listen listen to tom panos's podcast josh vegan's podcast and so i would learn everything i knew about real estate then my most common question in sales was are you a real estate agent or have you have you been a real estate agent yeah, or yeah. would you like to be a real estate agent because i knew from i knew their sales strategy and so then that's how i could formulate it into mind to them right so so essentially getting under the skin yep. of the person you're selling yep. to so you're speaking their language yes. you know what their pain points are yep. and you can tailor your presentation exactly instead of shaking when you're walking in exactly to, to be confident when you're talking to them i got a story for you and you'll like this one and it was with it was with it's about marty fox right so i'm on a i'm on a um, i'm get, i'm like okay i want to call marty fox so i start watching his content and he starts talking about how much he loves facetiming he never calls now I hate FaceTime, right? Sorry, Marty, if you're gonna see this. I, I hate FaceTime, but I was like, perfect. Well, I'm not gonna call him, I'm gonna FaceTime him. So my first cold call to him is a FaceTime. And he's like, man, I love FaceTime. I was like, 100%, you know? And, he's like, and it was like instant bond because I was like, yeah, yeah, FaceTime is like, it's the way. You're like, <laughs> you know? I love FaceTime too. So every, every agent that might be on, like all, the, all yeah, the yeah. agents would be on podcasts and they talk about their strategy. And so that's, that when I'm talking to them, now of course I'm not lying, right? And I'm not a liar, but I'm I'm like talking to them. You're building rapport exactly. in the most intelligent way, you know, possible. Exactly. And and like just on that, how much time would you spend? Like obviously the the research of the whole yep. industry and yep. you know the the, the the high level stuff that Tom yep. Panos and, and Josh Vegan do in the yep. industry. But how much time would you spend on an individual? So for example, if you know you were going to meet with. I don't know, Joe Blow, real estate yeah. agent, how much time would you spend on like researching that person? Because what was the sale worth to you guys when it, when so it locked in? We were, we were very targeted. So right. my thing is always like, mm. it's about getting the influences and then everything will flow from there. Mm. So I could spend the time to do, so we start, we start with the Cunninghams because everybody else around them, you know, they're influenced by them. Yeah. Then we know we go to a Bell property because again, like people, so we were, I was very targeted going to the big key, either boutiques to work my way up to the franchises. But the reality, like I couldn't put a time figure on it because I wasn't, it wasn't like a sit down research, but yeah. it was more like, okay, cool. I know I want to hit, you know, Alexander Phillips. I know I want to hit all these people. So I'd be, I'd be listening to their podcast and skinning a signboard. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I'd be listening to Marty Fox's podcast while I was on the plane to go meet Jealous Craig in Melbourne. Yeah. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's like- You're just my, obsessed with everything. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, me and my brothers always used to laugh. It's like, we were like kind of like after this, we'll have to go get personalities because, <laughs> because our personality is so intertwined with business. Yeah. But it's just because we just we just love it. You, you know? love it, yeah. yeah. And, and and you know, obviously, when you were uh, like I said, when you were starting out, like yep. you didn't probably wouldn't have planned for it. But in in comparison to say you and all your yep. mates you grew up yep. with, like what was the difference with personalities? And then you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them haven't fucking gone on to sold a you know seven eight figure business. Like what what was the differences in you guys? Like looking back at it yeah, now, yeah, like yeah. personality wise yeah. and what you did, like habits and all that shit it's a good question I, I feel like i have amazing friends so i have like incredible friends that we've been we've grown up from from high school majority of my friends are from high school we're close we would hang out every weekend and things like that so like mm -hmm. my friends are they, they all have very different things but yeah. they're all you know the kind of things that come to mind is they are all equally as passionate about what they do so it doesn't matter what they do so i have a friend who's a sound engineer and every microscopic millisecond on that sound wave has got to be perfect yeah so it's similar in that respect i have a friend who's an amazing carpenter who's building the most you know he only wants to work with premium stuff you know if he's going to build you a deck it's going to be the most premium thing so we all kind of share that right but i was always that little bit you know people would always kind of laugh at me in terms of like you know, when I was going, and let's say we're going out on a Saturday night, like I've got all the plans, I've got the hours, I've got everything like framed up in my mind. They were like a little bit more loosey goosey. Yeah, you know right. I mean? And they're and like 10 to 11 from the <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and then also was, for me, it was about speed was everything. You know, I'm a very big believer. There's a, a, there's a great quote that I'm going to butcher, but the idea is, you know, you could be versing a grandmaster chess player, and as long as you get two turns for every one of theirs, you're going to win. Yeah. Right. And so the thing was, I was never getting caught up in this idea of like things need to be perfect like i'm so far away from perfect mm -hmm. but i was going to ask that perfectionism or process right <laughs> yeah. perfectionism for me i'm so far away from that like i make mistakes all the time but it's just like go 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 yeah and so that was the big thing stand out between the friends is like whatever i did it would be like it's like i want to do something if i say it i'm gonna do it and it's gonna happen 
incredibly you're going to actually action on it exactly yeah, and i had a conversation with someone this morning about this is like you know he was like oh you know i'm trying to do this yeah. and i'm like dude there's no you can't fucking try and yeah, do yeah, something yeah, right yeah. you either do it yeah, yeah, or you yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. it like trying yeah. you're just giving yourself the excuse to yes. say oh if it doesn't happen it yeah. won't won't happen and i look at most of the people i interview on the, or nearly all of the people i interview on this podcast and like you know all the successful people that i know and i'm not talking about success in you know, marriage or life yep, or like yep. just commercially yep. successful people. And the difference between them and, you know, usually the people that they grow up with or hang out with yep. is that they're so obsessed with what they do yep. that nothing else in their life matters. Like yep. I look at myself with property investment and property, like yep. I was fucking 16 or 15 years old getting on a train from Western Sydney going yep. in to listen to seminars, right? 20, 15 year old kids <laughs> yeah, do that, right? Yeah, and you that. sound like you're the same yeah, with yeah. what you did. It was just like every living moment was yep. about this. And I think that's what separates people from being super successful commercially yep. to people who, you know, maybe just have a job and, yep. and just aspire to yes. to do that. Would you agree? A hundred percent. I think that the thing there is, and like the reality is like the, even since that day one, like I would, we never worked past 6 p.m. as an example. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I don't do till 11 and things like that. So if you look at me from the outside, you'd be like, he's got a pretty balanced lifestyle, but it's in my mind, what is the unbalanced exactly. part, you know? So yeah. people ask me occasionally on the weekend, like, you know, what kind of sport do you, I'm like, like I don't like you know apart, like, apart from I business, I'm shredded, I'm pretty, man. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty boring. But yeah. the, the the point there is 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 the the concept of like if you think about a professional athlete, a, a Kobe Bryant, and one of those people who are in the top of their game, there is no such thing as balance. You know what yeah. I mean? Like obviously Kobe's a bad example because you know rest in peace. But it's, you know, it's, it's still but him any, as a person. Any, yeah, any, yeah. any of those people at that level is like the reality is. They, they don't get to that number one level with the being... Podcast you need to listen to. There's yes, a yeah. Stephen Bartlett, yeah, uh, Diary yeah, of a CEO. Yeah, he just, did a, just yeah. did a podcast yes. with the coach of Michael Jordan oh, and I love that. Kobe yeah. Bryant. And he, that was exactly what he was saying. Yeah. He's like, you know, these guys, that's that's why they are who yes. they are, right? Like other areas of their life, sure, yeah. they may yeah. sacrifice, yeah. but they're fucking best for a yeah. reason. And if we're talking about real estate, like, you know, you look at people like Alex Phillips, for example, yeah. <laughs> like there is a difference between yeah. him and all the other agents under him yeah. because he doesn't have anything else of real estate when he's yeah. in Australia and on the ground yeah. it's like that's that's his life yeah. like you ring him at any time you talk to him about anything and it's always you know property focused yeah. and I think that's what separates yes. him doing you know 20 odd million dollars in GCI and someone doing 500 grand in GCI yeah. is that you're so obsessed yes how did the journey then go from you know starting to build this business yep. you offloaded the apartment so you literally yep. went all in yep um, to then, you know, starting to scale this thing to a level where one, you could pay your parents back the, the yep. million bucks, which is not a small amount of money. Yep. Um, and then, you know, you really started to see where, where it was transitioning from a service-based business yes. into into a tech company. Yeah. So, so for us, so those those first that first year once we launched it was, like I said, we we're kind of we're eating, eating shit for a long time. Got to year two, and we started to get those influential brands on. And then by year three is when we, we were hitting the ground running. So we, we just we just recently, we'd moved to a new office building. Uh, the new building was like a significant investment again for us was it, was, it was like a 200K a year office, which at the time was, we had to get 70 grand for the deposit. Mm. Business had no money. So brothers again, boom, here we go. And so we just literally, it was, it was piece by piece. It was piece by piece. And it was getting those clients. And then the next thing was for me is like, as I started to uh, kind of, my role started to evolve from, you know, getting those clients to really focusing on, on building a team around me. So we went from, from day one, we had uh, four team members. And just before the merger, including we had about, the three brothers, including or? the three brothers. So you that's had right. one external. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were offshore. Always, yeah, always fluff up those numbers. Yeah, uh, and so and then and that way we did that with the client. Like in the early days, it was like you know we've got account managers, we've got a sales, we've got a, and it's like I've just described myself. In <laughs> you gotta five, do that. Five, five different ways. How many? Yeah. How big's your team? It depends. <laughs> yeah. Thirty to fifty. Yeah. yeah, depends who's asking. Um, and so and then we and then all we did was we just every single cent we reinvested. So mm-hmm. for the first for those first five years of launching, so now we're in business for about eight years, right? We had never turned a profit because what would happen if we get to June 20 and we go, okay, cool, we can see there's some kind of profit, what more can we buy? What more can we buy to build up the business or who more can we hire to bring, to just keep it so we just continually reinvested. And what sort of salaries were you taking? Like, I'm sure. So until two, year, two maybe, Let's say three years ago now, because we've been merged for about two years. We were on we were on the entire time until until we dropped to four hundred. Was about fifty grand. 
So nothing. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just it was just it was just enough to be able to you know do what we need to do with home. Yeah. That was it for literally seven years. And there was a period there where it dropped to four hundred dollars a week. And there would have been like the the complete you know perception of like because obviously the company's growing. Yes. You got staff. Yep. You would have had ninety percent of your staff earning more money than what you were anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but the perception of like oh you know founder of a company yep. business owner yep. fifty staff whatever it was made it. But yep. like you know the reality of it is completely different. I think that's what people misconceive especially yes. when people get into business for money they're like yeah. oh, you must earn heaps of cash but it's like yes. yeah we earn money in good times but when yeah. fucking times aren't good you know it's like yeah. everyone else eats before you exactly so and on that like when the co when the COVID thing started so that we were our thing is like we are big believers in our people and we will do whatever we can to back our people our team and our business and so when the COVID thing we, we acted again very fast when it, it was like week two the lockdown started happening we saw our business went from like 100% to literally 10% of its revenue. And so myself, the, the, uh, the two brothers, and another one of our shareholders dropped our dollars to zero. We said to our team, we're not gonna drop your time. We're not gonna do, we're not gonna fire anybody. We're just gonna ride the ship here and through our dropping, yeah. we'll hold tight. So it's exactly like our point. It's like, yeah, the good times, and then you gotta be, there's a lot of bad times along the way to, to hold on for. Yeah, and and in terms of scaling the business, yeah. when did you start going from being a completely bootstrapped company yeah. to going, well, maybe it's time for us to stop trying to grow our business with our own profits yeah. and start taking on some external money? Yes, so that happened, That I consider that to almost have fallen on my lap. So we got to this point exactly two years ago where we had taken 30% of our, the business from, from our main competitor, now our great friends, uh, and that was campaign track and and one day I get the the door knock come through one of my team members says to me the CEO of campaign tracks here and he's, he's asked for you Frank and I'm going fuck okay what have like, I done yeah yeah I was like uh, uh, on it like legit I was like because we were like, like just completely un like unsolicited yeah, just, just come rolled in rolled in and obviously it was fierce competition and I was legit thinking and we'd made jokes about it me and my brother's like maybe they will murder us and I'm thinking this is it they've come to he's going to come sacrifice me in front of my team as like a <laughs> to show the team like the and then so like I walk out and then he just drops a hammer on me and he's like like we've been fighting now like Obviously in the early days we were leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds for the first four years. Then the last year the competition just got so rife that it was like incremental steps forward because we'd have a customer say, okay, the, the button on their system is on the left hand side, it's a different color, we want that. Yeah. Okay, well we don't want to lose you. And so we got really kind of petty the changes and stuff we were doing because of course we, we want to keep every customer we could, keep yeah. them happy but we weren't making big leaps forward that were gonna actually service the customers way better. Mm. And so he, he kind of laid that out to me and was like, we're fighting for no good reason. And there's only so much market, right? Exactly, it's a very niche space we're in and, and he was like, we should merge our business and work together rather than fight. And I, at the time I was like, oh, like actually this, is, this makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But I was like, my brothers will, will never go for it. And then we all sat down and we were like, actually this makes this makes a whole lot of sense so right. from that conversation so you never had any funding before that was completely no bootstrap all, right. all, every every dollar was from our own from our own money so we just used our money from the signs and brochures to invest yep. into the software yeah um and then from that conversation exactly six weeks later we'd merged our business and we'd moved into this new office so like i said everything we do is fast and i had two conditions i said it has to be a 50 50 merger and at that time to understand our business was one quarter of the size real hub to our competitor campaign track so straight um, away you picked up money in the deal as an no, yeah. <laughs> and so that was the thing because it was more about the power balance because yeah. I, I, we wanted to make sure that we were, we were equal shareholders, right? right. That, was, that was the main thing was we just want to make sure that we're coming into this with the same mindset. And the second prerequisite was it needs to be fast because what I didn't want to do is get dragged along in the process mm -hmm. and then something happened. And, and literally within six weeks, so like our accountants and lawyers were like, you've, this, is, you've, this is crazy, like stop it, like this is too much. Like we actually moved into this office before our merger deed and shareholder contract was signed. We just built that much trust. Now I wouldn't recommend that to people because that could have like, there's probably a thousand variations of that that could have gone terribly wrong, but we yeah. just built so much trust and we, and we realized that we work so well together and our stories even aligned, you know, like they started, they were doing the signboards, all of that stuff was so similar. They're even, you know, like I'm South African, obviously my brothers are, and then some of the shareholders in the campaign track were South African. It was just like, okay. Like, I had no idea you were South African. Yeah, yeah, so that's where, that's where we were there born. There we go, yeah. yeah, right. So when you when you went and obviously did the merge, which was, would have been a private merge yep. in comparison to then yep. getting bought by, you know, a public company, yep. I don't want to skip too far forward, but. Yep. 
the uh, what do you look reflect back on now and say the differences, right? Like one process probably would have taken two years. And one would it is crazy the yeah. difference. So like because we because we were private, we had we didn't have nothing, but really it was like building trust with yeah. one another. We didn't do any of the due diligence that we really should have, which of course the accountants and lawyers were telling us we yeah. were not doing. Um, and luckily that paid off, but it was it was a whole different ball game. It was just kind of like, it would be like, we need this. And it's like, oh, I can only give you this, this and this. And be like, okay. That works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good. That's fine. Like, it's just expensive. Yeah, I don't worry yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, all good. And it was just like, cool. But like, obviously going the other way, it was, yeah, it yeah. was every microscopic detail you can imagine needs to be surfaced and, and discussed and understood, be able to be, be able to move forward. And so so from the time that you merged yep. and so when you were, you become real base yep, then? Is that right. when you become yes, real so base? Merged the, that, and then how many years was it between? The, so it was exactly 18 months between that and the acquisition. So when we did the merger, um, you know, I, I have a lot of people have come to me and gone, mate, like what a, what a, you've just, Plan that out perfectly. Again, it's like the Steve Jobs connecting the dots in reverse is so easy to go, yeah, it all played yeah, yeah. out. But the reality is we didn't know any of those things. We just knew what we were doing is going to be good for the industry. And you didn't, like when, obviously you said you, you first spoke to him, you said yep. the brothers wouldn't be yep. too keen on this. Yep. Then yep. when the brothers went and regrouped around yep. the coffee table, yep. was that the some of the thinking? Was yep. like, you know, if we did this, we could get acquired or not, not really? Not really, no. It was more that we, we, just, we just love like building cool shit. Yeah. Like we love building cool products that people love to do and the competition and the, the fierceness of that had stopped this like the, the excitement, the creativity because we were too focused on things that we knew weren't going to change the industry. Right. They were, just, they were just to keep a client and the reality is we knew that, hey, if we could invest the time and energy, we're going to be able to do things that's going to make the clients way happier in the long term. But in the short term, it may feel like, oh, now we're not going to move that button around or add that small little mm. piece. So that was the thing that got us excited is like, we're not going to have to watch our backs constantly. Like we would, we would, we would get a client, six months later, lose it. And then we get it back like it was like that. And then yeah, go through right. and it's like, you're not building something forward. Yeah. And did you think about going internationally at any stage? Like is the marketplace too different in another too, country? Too different. Yeah. So, right. so like there's certain products of ours that we, you know, we've definitely considered it. Um, and we were in, we're in New Zealand, but it, it, it is just so unique that, and there's just so much opportunity still in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. We know this market so well that it's like, don't get distracted there and then drop the ball for our clients. Yeah. You know, focus here until such time that it's, it's easy and you're not going to drop the ball. Yeah. Okay. 18 months between yeah. the merger and then the acquisition. Again, did that, that 18 months probably would have been DD and... and so the first, first 12 months, so I was, you know, a very... Uh, I was pretty excited when I was asked to become the CEO and my big thing was two different companies, two different cultures, completely different. Yeah. We need to focus on what can we do to bring this team together because instead of fierce competition, it's got to be, you know, we're all working in harmony. So first thing I did is actually, I renovated this office. So as small, small as that sounds, it's like, I was like, <clears throat> we can't move into your office and you can't move into ours because it's like, we're in your territory. So yeah. just psychologically, I was like, we need to have a new space where we all walk in on day one and be like, sick you know what i mean like now we're in this new world yeah so we did that we created our our new our new core values as a business i hired a a my my first kind of hire um as the ceo was our chief uh, human resources officer so so hr and it was all around how do we get this culture to be like epic you know yeah. have everybody aligned that they're like they're excited about this and not worry about used to be competition now it's like we're all one and together mm -hmm. so that was the first 12 months of the building was the uh, of the business was the was the foundational work and then once that 12 months had happened we've done tech foundational work that brought all of our products to be in a single you know kind of brand and feel we've done the work on our team members we've done the work on our positioning for our clients and so i was like okay this is the foundational stuff and now we know exactly what we want to do over the next three years so our goal was to get to 80 percent market share so where we stand today is about 46 percent so almost one in every two properties that sells in australia and new zealand yeah. will come through our business and so we wanted to get to 80 percent the next three years and then it we felt this time i was like okay we've always been organic we've always gone piece by piece by piece and so i was like maybe it's time to kind of open up this conversation to see if there's someone strategic that can help us you know kind of have that impact as quickly as possible and be able to build more cool shit at a bigger scale that we could and yeah. so that's where that that you know it was about 12 months ago those conversations started to happen and that was that was a, a strategic move that wasn't someone knocking on your door again randomly saying hey i got some cash yeah, for you yeah no that was a, that was a strategic move and so we you know we we had to find the right partner yeah. and it was, it's a it's an intensive process 
process, you, 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 you're pitching your business to all these people and you start to form, you know, like bonds with people. And so you start to feel like a real big sense of guilt because you're like, I could see this working with multiple people. Yeah. But domain was, it was undeniable because the products that we had were missing in their suite and the products that they had were missing in ours. And so when you put it end to end, which is what my, you know, my um, awesome business broker did was he laid it out as the strategy together. And it was like, holy shit, like this is makes the perfect, the perfect puzzle piece together. And so our kind of story was like, we found, like, we felt like we'd found the, we were the piece to the puzzle that we were missing all along. So you didn't have to go back to like the Grant Cardone, you know, 1500 bucks course and be like, yeah. right, I'm gonna go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go crush yeah, yeah. No, no, I was, I was, we, were, we were good, good people from were, there. People yeah. were experienced. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and the number was what, 180? 180, yeah. Not dollars either, this is million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what, what was the feeling? I obviously asked you the question before we jumped on, but yeah. like, that'd be a massive thing, right? Coming from 400 bucks a week, yeah. 50 grand a year, the salary's probably got, you know, slightly bigger, yeah. but not dramatically. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. $180 million land yes big change yeah look it was it was it was huge i think we there was a there was a lot of time to process but like during that intensive six months of due diligence that was happening you got all these ups and downs ups and downs and you don't really truly know what the, the end number is going to land on it's essentially like a almost like an auction right it's like yeah. an expressions of interest best and final date so but the interesting thing was when we were in those early days of installing the signboard I always had a goal, as stupid as it was, was one day I'm gonna have a business that's worth $100 million. So it was kind of like, yeah, we did it. It, was, you know, it wasn't, you like, it it wasn't like a full, it wasn't like a full shock. It was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, we, we knew this is what's gonna happen. So what, like, obviously it was like mind blowing, Yeah. but it was like, we knew it. You know, yeah. we, 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 had, we backed ourselves when we were 5 a.m. installing a signboard in the front of a home in Manly, but like we, we yeah, as tweaked as it sounds, like we, we kind of it's had true. That a lot of people say that, right? Yeah. A lot of people say that they envisioned it. Yeah. You know, you, you sell for a little bit more than 100, so you were 80% yeah. of your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then like, you know, like the, the mentality, right? Cause again, we were chatting about it. It's like, well, when you get to the pinnacle, yeah. you got cash now. It's like, you, you, the reality is you yeah. get go to the Bahamas, swim with the pigs, yeah. you know, go from there back to Mykonos yeah. and just, you know, relax. And you've been working, working like a dog for 10 years. Yeah. Um, but you were just saying that doesn't really interest you. Doesn't interest me. It's just not my personality type, right? Yeah. Like, so I just went on a, on a baby moon with my wife uh, two weeks ago to Hamilton at about the day 13 mark. My brain's like, okay, that's it. You're, you're all good. You're relaxed. Let's time to get and back And you knew there. you only had to go an hour from home on a plane yeah, too, right? Yeah, so you yeah, get yeah. out real quick. Yeah, exactly. So look, I, I like the thing is the reality of the the deal was not a the the, the number and the money and yeah. trying to buy the the diamond rolly and all that stuff that wasn't what was in our minds it was kind of like that was a measure of of success and like yes we've accomplished that but now it's like okay what can we do on this new scale now yeah. what can we do like how could we have an impact a lasting impact on a multi-billion dollar company that's asx listed and be able to go in five years time be able to go look what we've done now on this thing you know mm. i feel like we've been through business university starting from the lounge room yeah getting to the the merger getting to something that's big and now it's like now we want to have something that's even bigger impact on a whole different scale can you know can we do that yeah and again we back ourselves and we believe we can and that's the shit that gets us excited and what's the difference between like private enterprise and like a publicly listed enterprise right i'm sure there's a it's big, big difference, difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a big difference but like look i like we like we chose 100 the right partner like yeah. we just aligned so well with with domain they have incredible talent in their business and that was a big thing for us was like we have to be working with people who are going to be aligned to us mm -hmm. so they've hired people from Silicon Valley. There's a guy called John Fung. He was ex-Google and Uber. Uh, Jason Pellegrino, amazing CEO. He was ex-managing uh, director of Google for Australia and New Zealand. So they're trying to have this kind of, not startup culture, but like that kind of vibe in this you know, public company. Yeah. So they've been very, you know, we've been working incredibly well together. Obviously it's early days, but it's like they're trying to keep what we've created, keep the magic. But then you've got to, of course, have the few checks and balances, which is, you know, marketing has to go through legal, you know, but like those are things that it's like easy because it's all been the plans and processes are easy to do. And it's just like, it doesn't really change, change too much. Yeah. So, and, and how old are you? 29. 29. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, yeah. man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, 
when I mean the question is probably not going to be relevant to you because you fucking envisioned it right you're like 100 million bucks it's gonna happen um, but like reflecting back on the journey yep. now one of the things that I picked up in the conversation was like you know when we did the merger with yep. uh, campaign track you know looking back on it now nothing went wrong but you could have done more DD yep. right yeah should have could have who knows yes but, is, is there anything, you know, that you would you look back on now if you were doing the, starting the journey again? I mean, everything's worked out perfectly, yep, but yep. is there things you would do differently? Is there things that you could, you know? That's a, that's a really good question. Mm. And, you haven't and, been and, doing and, it long enough. Like. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really interesting because I guess the thing that comes to my mind is like during those pretty much the whole 10 years yeah. is you never know if the success is going to come and the, because you're in this constant, you know, day to day panic or whatever. You're yeah. like, you're, you're like, obviously you like, yeah, I believe it, but it's like, you've got to go through all the stuff. So, you know, I think about like, oh, maybe I go tell myself now nah, it's going to come, but then I'm like, but then would that change everything? You know, would that change the way we work, change the hunger? So yeah. like, I, I actually, I, I, I know that's a bit of a cop out, but I can't think of anything because I feel like every mistake that was made was a learning lesson along the way. And yeah. there were so many mistakes that we made, you know, was, you know, we would pivot into different things and then just throw that in the bin. And there was all, but like every one of those was the building block to today. Yeah. So I know there's not going to be a sweet nugget of gold. No, out but of that's, that, I but think that's like it's all relevant. reality. What about like, you know, was there times in business or, or when you were growing the business? Yeah. And one of those times I'm assuming would yeah. have been when, when your parents had that awful news, yeah. but like when you were like, fuck, you know, maybe let's just stop trying to go so big yeah. and let's yeah. just, you know, just keep it as a small company yeah. and stay profitable. Yeah. Like, is there that sort of stuff that went on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there was, there's been, been times where we'll go and, and dig on, bring on the big customers. So like we went from our biggest customer was Cunningham's, amazing business, amazing client, four offices. And then we went and got Bell Property, a 90 office franchise group, right? And at that time we had 11 team members. I personally did the training of 45 offices in a five day period. And like, it was literally like we went from, that was what one of the times it felt like scale was immense. So yeah. in those moments, there were definitely moments where it's like, we've gone too fast, you know? And we yeah. did hear that a lot of the time because obviously people saw us young, ambitious, and they're like, don't grow too fast, don't grow too fast. And there was moments they were like, have we done that problem? Is this now the, the snowball that drops yeah but the reality is those things is like that's what stretches you and that's where you learn your, your the, the best stuff from yeah and so that's all i would you know one of the things i would tell myself is like in those moments is like any time you feel stretched like this it's just like don't worry it's like two months three months six months you're going to look back and laugh because there's this new thing that stretches you and that's like a bit of a joke now yeah, compared yeah. to what you can handle that's so true right yeah reflecting back on the things that you're like stressed out yeah. about because you think it's going to end you and yeah. you look back you're like fuck are you serious <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's better in hindsight <laughs> yeah. like steve Jobs says you know connecting the dots yeah. when you're in front of the dots is yes. uh, is much easier um how about like financially now? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sure your lifestyle could change if yep. you wanted it to change. There's not too many things that you couldn't buy if you wanted to buy. Um, how does that like play with your mindset and, you know, fuck with your motivation, yep. for example? Like, um, it, it, I mean, so far it hasn't changed a thing, right? Yeah. Like I'm not, like, it's funny, like, I've never been like a big consumer. So mm -hmm. like, you know, you probably wouldn't want, want a lot of me in the world because we wouldn't have this great co economy. Like yeah. I, like my wife knows like I hate shopping. Like I, like I wear the same clothes. I wear my real best t-shirt and like often on the weekends. It's just like, so like I, I was, like this was really like this now protects us and our family and we have the family home. And then of course have investments that can, you know, help, you know, a long period of time. But yeah. in terms of, because I'm not going out and buying all the things and, like it doesn't really change my mindset, you know, too much because I'm, I just, that stuff doesn't attract me. Like yeah. I really, the reality is like when I said like we want that $100 million goal in the mind was, it was really just a measure of like, we did it. We you can know grow, what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah. that was it. Like we can, we can, we can do this. And, and that, that was it more than the material elements that come from money. I've just never been that way inclined. And even from the days of eating tuna and tuna and rice and spending $3 a day, like I knew that money is not going to provide happiness yeah. of course it's going to provide freedom but so therefore because i already had that mindset now i'm not like oh sweet i'm just going to go out and spend and buy and all that stuff because i'm yeah. like cool like firstly i just don't want to walk into the shop <laughs> that's just going to be a painful experience yeah, can we design some tech around that <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. but what about like the business side of things yep. like obviously when you start a business you're bringing on staff yep. like cash flow is, is a real thing yes fucking bass bill all yep. the shit that goes on with business yes like that becomes a stressful, you know, part of growing a business. Yeah. 
how, how does that change now? Like, do you still have those worries and problems? And that is the biggest, biggest learning lesson is humans just adapt. Yeah. Humans adapt. So when you're in those early days of being three people and you're grinding it out and your stresses, you're, you, you actually said it on a on a on a um, a post the other day on Instagram. It's like you still have those stresses regardless. It's just on a different scale, yeah. right? And so. None of that changes. The mind just changes. That that the old stress won't stress you out anymore. However, you've got a whole new set of new things that are going to going to stress you out, right? Yeah. So that that's it. Like you just you just adapt. And yeah. so like I still will have you know day to day things, but just on a whole different different scale, level. Yeah, and know? it's so true. Like. I, I personally you go from you know being an employee and you're stressing about like your 300 dollar phone yep. bill that yep. night like yep. fuck why did i yep. do that you know you go out and spend too much on the yep. night out yep. and then all of a sudden that completely changes to fifty thousand dollar bills or yes. you know and it's just like yep. it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger but the worries remain the same exactly um but it's very very hard to see that when yep. you're you know at that lower level you're like oh if i just had this i'd yes. be sweet you know and yeah. then you get that and you're like yeah. fuck don't change nothing yeah don't, yeah don't change that i mean now like we have like our, our weekly salary is two hundred thousand dollars for a weekly salary for all in team it's crazy so right? it just, yeah. it just, it just snowballs the numbers yeah. just get bigger yeah, the, the zeros bigger. yeah the zeros um, and, and mate like in terms of you know vision for the future yep um, obviously you're, you're committed to, to the company for yep. the foreseeable future but yep. is there like dreams and aspirations to hit Silicon Valley yep. is there dreams and aspirations to you know do something on a global level or are you just sort of focused in on right here right now yeah so look I like our, our our immediate future is you know for me one big thing is like I want to you know I want to make sure that the, the the domain and the partners that we've done I want to make sure that they go this is the best decision we've ever done yeah and how do I do that is and when I say I am talking about from the team's point of view is well we need to make sure that we keep building the best products getting more of the best clients and, and building something that they go, that was, you know, the, the, the shareholder meetings and the quarterly, they go, that was the best acquisition we've done, hands, you know, hands down. So yep. that, for me, that's my, my, my goal right now is just to make sure that this is, continues to, to grow, but now at a, at a much bigger scale. And like I said, we want to get to 80% market share within the next three years. And then beyond that, you know, we definitely do have aspirations at some time to 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 take it, you know, to see which of our products can go international as a yeah. as a pure SaaS product. Um, you know, that's definitely something that plays on my mind because that's just exciting, right? Hundred percent. And one last question: Does does the belief get stronger once you've done it? Like, you know, when you set a goal yeah, and you hit yeah, that goal, yeah. you're like, I can fucking do anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man. You know, yeah. like, you know, for you now, like, you were like in your own mind, you have have probably. Um, have the greatest sense of achievement because like you thought that you yep. could do it and you actually yep. achieved it. Now are you like, well, I've done, you know, 100 mil. Why yep. can't I be the next unicorn? And why can't I be the next, you know, yeah, Google? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Like, I mean, 100%. Like, I, we back ourselves so much. And yeah. Like, I'm even just seeing like the, like the reigniting of the team of the, the, you know, the shareholders and stuff like that, their new passion for the, what's to come next. And I'm like, man, this is, I'm like, we're just getting started here. Yeah. Like, this is, yeah, we, we fully back ourselves. And we'll, yeah, we're going to take this to a whole nother level once again. So good. Yeah. I go and fucking to Google, Google's offices. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You look around, oh, this is one of how many thousand? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's a massive eye yeah, opener. Yeah. Dude, so good. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it, Jack. It.